What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. This is episode 36. I'm your host, Rui Dos Santos. And as always, I am here with Jason Rigu. Jason, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately, man. It's been over a month. How's it going? How's your summer going? <laughs> Good, man. You know, just been busy. Um, not too much Porto stuff going on in the world, but uh, ready to get back to it, right? The guys are back to training. Let's let's get our guys healthy and prep for the new season. Yeah, man, definitely not a lot of games going on. Obviously, we have uh, some preseason about to kick off this week, but a lot of transfer buzz in the last three or four days. Some pretty big potential signings that we could make to make our squad even better in the coming season. We definitely want to get back on top and winning the league title and these signings need to happen. And also we need to maintain some of the players that we have on our team. And on the bright side of things, just before we jump into, into the transfer buzz, because that's what we're going to focus on in this episode. Porto have complied this year with the FFP with UEFA. So I think that's going to give us a little bit of cushion in terms of spending and also not necessarily needing to sell players for cash or anything. I think we can hang on to a few key guys that we were worried about losing this summer. So Jason, what do you think about all that? I think we need to get locked in and focused. Uh, <laughs> we we need to learn from our errors and mistakes we made last season. Um, we, we made minimal changes, which obviously, like you said, we, we've complied with FIFA Fair Play this season. So let's take advantage of that. And I say we get focused in fix what needs to be fixed in the squad. So Fran yeah, Navarro yeah. locked in is beautiful, but uh, we need to lock in the center midfielder and, and, and we need outside backs. Fran Navarro was a great signing. You know, he's been killing it for Gil Vicente the last two years, 6 million euros. I think that's a great deal. 90% of the players' rights. Um, I really like that. That's definitely a Taremi replacement in case if he does leave. I don't know, man. What do, what do you think about all this? We have so many strikers on the team. Tony restructured. We have Namasu. We have Eva Nielsen. We have Ferran Navarro. We have Taremi still on the thing, on, on the on the roster. What do, you, what do you think of all this? He said, reports have said that, that he has said yes to AC Milan. AC Milan are really pushing and, and keen to signing him. And then there's other reports saying that Porto are you know they 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 still want him as part of the plans for next year do you do you buy into any of that stuff no i think porto is just trying to do hard business like they used to i think they're in a situation like you said they've complied with fifa fair play where they can do the business they want to do and uh, not get shafted i think that's what they're trying to do here is just play hardball i don't think there's anything else to it I, I, they're in their eyes i think they see him leaving and they planned for it and i mean if he stays it has to make sense and he has to be able to bring that value back into the club. So I think Porto just realized this early on in the, the preseason and they're going to wait it out and uh, try to get the most money they can for him because he's obviously a forward that can add a lot of value if he went to Italy. Yeah, absolutely. And he'd add a lot of value to us for next season because I still yep. love him. I still think he's a great player, but you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. And if we're able to get, 20 million or 18 million for a guy that's 30 years old entering the final year of his contract and is a good player. You know, it's kind of hard to pass up on, especially if we have so many replacements for next year, as much as I love Teremi and I would love for him to stay in a perfect world, it would be awesome. But you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm, I think he's uh 80, 85% out the door. What do you think? 
Yeah, he. I think he's just he's already out the door. They're just yeah, they're being patient. That's all. It yeah, is. yeah, and you know this is a good sign because we really bit the bullet on Fabio Vieira, Luis Diaz, Vitinha sales, just kind of settling for less than what we deserve because we were in FFP and other teams took advantage of us being in such a terrible circumstances financially. But now we can really hold our ground and no one can push us up against the wall. So. I, I like what I'm seeing so far in the transfer window. Um, and if we can make some good money on Tedemi, it's definitely a bonus as well. All right. So we've only locked in one signing. As you mentioned, Jason Fran Navarro, we both like him. We think he's going to be great for us and a lot of Porto fans as well. Great replacement for Tedemi. Now, in the last week or so, there's been a few players that have been on the watch list. We heard some buzz about a week and a half ago on Andre Santos from uh, from Chelsea, a 19-year-old Brazilian from uh, center midfielder. Uh, Nico Gonzalez, a La Masia uh, product. Alex Stells from Manchester United. Ivan Jaime, who won the best young player in the league last year. You know, nine goals, four assists in 24 games. Alan Varela from Boca Juniors and also his teammate, Luis Vasquez, a striker. Uh, what do you uh, what, what do you make of all these uh, all these players on the watch list? Who do you like? Uh, do you like the the approach Porto's making? I mean, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't even see. But I really think we need to lock in Alex Telsch. I, I think he would be a just, you know, what you're going to get out of him. He's been in the Portuguese league. He thrives in the Portuguese league. Yep. He's very good. He'll still give you a ton of minutes. He's attacking. He knows how to defend. And he's played with some, he's played with Pep before. I mean, well, he's just been in the system. So yeah. it's, I think he's a no brainer. I think if we can lock in Alan Varela, I think that would be huge. Um, Boca Juniors is no no joke of a club. They've had talent come out of there year after year, and uh, I think he'd fit right in from yeah. the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. And they have like this little golden generation kind of coming out of their, their youth academy. A lot of young players coming out, and he's definitely been the hot one from the last year or so. He's having an up-and-down year with Boca Juniors this year, but he's definitely a player – probably the best prospect out of South America. So this this deal right here, if this, I mean, we just got in, Fabrizio Romano just tweeted out about 15 minutes ago saying that the deal, I'll just pull up the tweet right now. Um, Porto offered another deal. The deal is getting close. Uh, this time it's 10.5 million uh, offer up to 12 million in add-ons, 20% future resale if uh that that's basically the included in the deal so uh if this happens man even with the 20 percent resale value well, how do you like this um this deal overall if we were able to get them for exactly what what fab just tweeted out i mean i'm fine with it i think like i said i mean i i feel like clubs like river plate and boca juniors they, they have a good track record with going to europe so you're already going to pay a premium there right versus another club maybe this maybe like the Luis Diaz case, right? Like where you're coming from an area where you're like, yeah, like we know your country, but are you just doing good in the league? How are you going to adapt to Europe? I feel like the River Plate and the Boca Juniors, they're they're exposed to, I guess, the higher level competitions. They, they play under crazy crowds. I think, I think they've been in the heat of the moment. So I think it's good exposure before you come over to a club like uh, Porto. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're always competing. They have an intense rivalry, much like what Porto and, well, in my opinion, I think Boca Juniors and, and River Plate is probably the greatest rivalry in football. It's absolutely insane. Um, the history and, and the atmosphere between two sides and, and you know, everything that goes behind it all. Um, so it's kind of like a, a preparation of going into, you know, Porto playing, going to play for Porto or going to play for Benfica. But, you know, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think Boca Juniors is a lot more like the Porto of Argentina. They are a more of a cultural side that have that that pride, that culture in that area of Buenos Aires that they're from, where where River Plate are from a different area of the city, and it's just completely different. There's clash warfare. There's all sorts of stuff that separate the two sides that intensify the rivalry as it is. And you can kind of see a similarity between the rivalry between Porto and Benfica, the north and, you know, the center of, of the country. So I kind of like it. When you, when you see Boca Juniors, they are just, you know, they are electric. You come from an atmosphere that you that it's so hard to adapt to. You, you have to be built for it. And I think in big games in the Dragão, Alan Varela, in a big match against Benfica, he's going to be absolutely prepared uh, to play and perform at a high level. I think Boca Juniors is such a great stepping stone to go into uh, teams like Porto Benfica or even in Europe because that competition and that rivalry is always, always there. And that's always helpful to adapt in a different destination. So Alan Varela is definitely my favorite signing. I've been a huge fan of his. Uh, I, I think I mentioned him a couple of times in the podcast in the past. I really hope this deal goes through and it really looks like it's going to happen. Um, Jason, any other uh, positions? I know you mentioned Alex Stelge, left back. Um, you know, I, I think in a perfect world, this this deal would happen, but it seems like he's getting some interest too from Saudi Arabia and, you know, the money starts coming out and money talks. So I like... I don't know. I haven't read. I haven't heard too much buzz about him coming back to Porto ever since then. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, if, if I Saudi would Arabia, if Saudi Arabia is knocking on his door, like, dude, go. Like your family's <laughs> gonna be taken care of for the rest of your life. Like, go do what you have to do. The league is, uh, they're on the prowl. They're paying the guys. And hey, if you're gonna make your money and your family's taken care of, like, how can you knock a soccer player? Yep, absolutely. Family first, man. But yep. I will mention one thing. Manchester United almost locking in Onana is a beautiful thing for Porto. That, hey, that's awesome, man! I was gonna get into I, you're jumping, you're jumping way ahead of me, man. I was gonna ask you about players that potentially could leave, and I thought I was crazy. I think it was uh, one of the episodes in the past. I made this wild prediction that I was starting to believe little by little that Diogo Costa is gonna stay one more season and knowing that we're out like in the clear from FFP, you know, I think it's gonna, I, I think it could happen. And then Manchester United getting Onana instead of Diego Costa. Oh, it, it would be great if we can hang on to him one, like for at least one more season, you know, finish off on a high note, hopefully. But before we get into Diego Costa and a few other players that could potentially leave, um, is signing, just Varela in the midfield en en enough, or do you think we still need someone else, like a Nico Gonzalez from from Barcelona, no, or I someone else that you might like? Do you think we should have a little bit more depth? It will all depend on who we sell and who we keep. I mean, like Atavio, it really looks like he's going to Saudi Arabia. So if he is out the door, 
We probably have to sign an attacking midfielder. Just yeah, it's, it is so, what it is. Like unless unless they think Pepe's the guy and like he can yep. do it. Because don't get me wrong, he he has those qualities, but he hasn't been able to play his position because Otavio's here. Yeah, so if they it, think he's the guy, like I'm okay with that. And so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go go ahead. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, because we still have some young prospects on the bench that could potentially pan out still. So you're still risking that, but. Pepe seems to be healthy a lot of the season. He works really hard. He covers a lot of ground, but he is very good on the ball. So maybe it's about time we let the kid play his true position and let him thrive with actual pieces around him and not like makeshift midfield. So, I, I mean, we'll see what happens with Otavio. I don't see him staying either. I think he's given his – he put his time in at Porto. I think it's time he gets paid. Yeah, he's going to sail off into the winds. I think you just see these young talents going to Saudi Arabia and it's like, why wouldn't a guy like Alex Tellers or Otavio do it while they still can yeah. still perform? They're still entertainers at that level. Like go make that league exciting because everyone was mocking Cristiano Ronaldo. But look at this league now. Now this league's going to surpass some European leagues. In I know, man. It's like year. we're going to have to find uh, teams <laughs> from like the Asian uh, Champions League over there. we got to yeah. start finding teams to support. <laughs> no, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Players like Alex Stells and, and, and Otavio just – if they could go out there and – get their payday because especially Otavio because he hasn't been to the EPL like Alex Stells has. He's drastically underpaid compared to, you know, the quality that he has and to the position that he plays compared to the other players that are just as good as him across Europe. He's definitely underpaid, Mm -hmm. but here's a little bit of a twist though. Okay. So you, you know, you mentioned we're in the clear from the FFP and, and whatnot. Otavio, I think it was on Friday or Friday or Saturday. His release clause was at 40 million euros. It was just the same exact story as last year. But then on Saturday night or, or Sunday morning, it jumped to 60 million. So I forgot which team it was from Saudi Arabia. They were willing to to activate the release clause, but they wanted to uh, to make the payments uh, in three installments. Yeah, the forty million. But now Porto have stalled, and it, and the release clause jumped to 60 million. They they already came out. The board said that they will not sell him until the sixty million euros um, release clause is activated. So, do you really think if if the board is is telling the truth and is going to stand by what they said, do you really see him leaving for sixty million euros? And if it happens, do you say yes? How could you pass up on that? Yeah. I mean, he's he's still just 28, so don't I wouldn't write like a Premier League team trying to make a statement or like an Italian team that is desperate for an attacking midfielder like they can pay that fee. Like he's worth it. He's he's played in the Champions League and he's been one of the better players on the field in every each and every one of those games. He's made he's picked apart big clubs. He he knows how to play the game. So like if the Saudi Arabia team wants to make installments, I don't really think Porto's going to budge cuz it doesn't look like they have the best track record with uh, following through on future promises over there. So unless the money is up front, I don't know if he'll go to Saudi Arabia. But he's he's only 28. He still has plenty of ball to give. Like you're a center midfielder. He has four years of his prime to give to a club. So he could still end up in the Champions League. It's This transfer window is very young. And teams are... They're going to start sorting out, see, seeing what gaps they need to fill, see what weaknesses they need to fill. Maybe they thought they were fine, and maybe a player comes back not as good as they thought, or maybe they want to go a different direction with people. Maybe the salary's too high. They, they're going to pay the fee, and the salary would be a little bit cheaper to bring on a guy like Otavio, but he, relative to Otavio's salary, it would be higher, right? 
Yep. Teams do that all the time. They make they make a salary space. They think a guy's overpaid. He's he's comfortable. He's not performing to what he should be. So I, I think it's too early to tell. But I, I do think Otavio will be leaving. I think he's given his years at Porto and he's proven himself year after year. Yeah, and uh, I understand what you're saying. I, and he deserves the, the payday because he's been in Porto for so long, long, far longer than we ever thought he would. And he's definitely capable of playing in a, in, in a team in Europe that's Champions League worthy and that would be paying him two or three times more than what he's making right now at yeah. Porto. So, you know, you got to love the guy for staying as, as, as long as he has. Um, let me pick your brain just a little bit more about him. Yeah. Um, so 60 million, I think it's just too high. I don't, I, I I'm going to disagree a little bit with you. Um, but do you think 50 million, if, if a club offers 50 million for Otavio, do, should Porto take that deal or should, or is he more valuable to hang on, uh, for next season? I, I think anything 40 or above, I would take anything that's paid up front 40 or above you, you sell them. I think it's worth it. I think, you got to make room for the younger guys. Uh, he he has plenty to give Porto, but at the same time, how when's that window going to close? Right, it takes right. one bad injury, one off season, and then no one's interested in him any longer. I think he's he's at a high. He ended the season well. I know he had a few knocks, but he came back and he he didn't drop a step. Yep. I really I really think anything forty or above, you have to let him go. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's don't the think best. you can get. Yeah, I don't think you can get too greedy. Yeah, you can't, and you always have to look ahead, and you always have to prepare for the worst for the long run, as uh, you know, as well. Because clubs have killed themselves from within by not selling the players and recycling and making profits and 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 finding replacements for the players that they make money on. Um, and Porto is a team that historically they've done a great job finding replacements. Not a great job as of as of the last few years in terms of selling them for what the players are actually worth, but they've always done a great job finding the proper replacements for all the great players that they had. Um, so yeah, you got to trust the system. And as much as as we would love for Otavio to stay, if that offer does come, I think the club will take it forty, forty five, fifty. I think it's I think it's a great move and a smart room um, a smart move for the club. All right, so let's move on to just another segment. We were kind of touching it up on it. So Diego Costa, uh, there's Teremi, there's Pepe, Zaidu, and Otavio. These are the players that have been mentioned that they could be sold. So we kind of touched up on Teremi and Otavio and Diego Costa. Let me t- let me pick your brain a little bit more on, on Diego Costa. So uh, it looks like Onana is going to Manchester United. It's not completely done yet, but there has some. There has been some buzz going on with Chelsea being interested in Diego Costa. There's no Champions League football for Chelsea this year. So, what do you think, man? Are, are you are, are you believing that he's going to stay for one more year? Yeah, absolutely. I th- the moment the pen touches the paper for Onana, Diego Costa is safe. Yeah, the, for this season at least. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I started believing it in March if the finances were correct and, you know, the quality is still good around the club. We're still in the Champions League. You know, why not stay? Because 
all the big clubs, they pretty much have a good goalie. And the ones that, you know, could use the upgrade, they have a decent goalie already. And they don't really need to splash so much money right now on a goalkeeper. So the finances are great. I think Yugoslavia stays this year. And I like what I'm seeing so far. Because not only is it Yugoslavia, it's Pepe, it's Otavio. Um I don't even know what Zaidu's release clause is, if he even has one. But I mean, if we can sell him for like fifteen million, that's that's great. I would sell <laughs> uh, him for seven. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's he's uh, given us our fair share. Ah, uh, you know what, man? Go. For seven million, I'd, I'd hang him on. Nah, I'd, nah, I'd keep nah, him on the nah, bench. I'd keep him on the bench, and then you know, for that late nah, game when I against mean... Mayfica, the celebration <laughs> I sell on the fashions. You know, we, we could use him for that. That's worth the seven million, but. Uh, That's the problem, I, I, though. <laughs> he, he he deserves to be a starter. I just don't think it's at Porto. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all right. Just, <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> like, yeah, just ship him off to, like, Family Count. He'll start there. Um, I don't think Family Count could pay $7 million for him, though. So nah, it would have to be someone be worth from... It. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be abroad. <laughs> but I like what I've been seeing, that Porto's holding their ground. Um, Diego Costa, Pepe, Otavio, and even Teremi really just trying to maximize the most that we can get out of Taremi. But the board has already said that Pepe is not leaving unless someone pays the 75 million euros. Juventus yeah. was knocking at the door uh, for him and they cannot afford 75 million euros right now. No. So I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing here, man. We're, we're holding on to key guys that we're not really in a rush to lose or to sell. And with all this potential incoming uh, young players and role players that can come onto the squad, I, I feel like we're only getting better. Like, we have a good replacement in Novato for Teremi. Alan Varela comes in. Say Nico Gonzalez comes in. You know, and we're not really losing too many players. Dude, we, we're kind of building a, a really rock-solid team. And I don't mean to jump the gun, but hanging on to all these key players is exactly what Ajax did in the summer of 2018 before they went on their run and they were like crushing it in their league. And they went, you know, to the semifinals of the champions league, almost went to the final and whatnot. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm not predicting us going to the champions league final or semifinals, but you know, we're building a team that could be capable if we're lucky to get easy draws in the knockout stages, we could probably make a little bit of a run this year in the champions league. What yeah. So, so Absolutely. We have a lot of experience on the roster at the moment. I, I do see Taremi leaving. I think someone will reach his clause. But at the same time, we, we still have plenty of experience on the roster. I think this comes down to two major factors, right? It comes down to the, us being in compliance with FIFA Fair Play. And then number two, we managed to keep Sergio around. And I think this is almost like a thank you for like getting us through last season and giving us three or four trophies like with the half – half makeshift squad like it's just it's almost embarrassing to give a coach of his stature like the squad that he had to play with last year like he just mm-hmm. like we just didn't patch up anything that we needed to like the guy was the display of football this like two seasons ago was just beautiful like you couldn't manage to keep on to those players obviously because of we needed to sell guys off we needed to be in compliance with FIFA fair play but this is I think this is almost like a thank you like hey Go out and go get after it. Like maybe this is your last season ever with Porto. Try try to make something legendary. And I, I he needs. I think the number one focus is the league because we already locked in Champions League. 
They're going to go after the league. And then number two is make the best run you can in the Champions League. Those are going to be the two keys next year. It's not going to be winning the Tasa, any of this. You know, when you go, when you come off a season and you don't win the league, like it feels bad. Of course, we won those other trophies, but at the same time, we're always running for that league. Right. That's the that's the granddaddy. It's yeah. great to win the Supercopa yeah. or the Super Tasa. It's great to win the Tasa Portugal, Tasa de Liga, and whatever. But the league, that's the bragging rights right there. Yes. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I I like what I'm seeing. Sergio, a, a year ago, we didn't even know if Sergio was going to come back yep. uh, for another season. We thought last year was going to be his last year. We thought that about Hugo Costa and maybe even a couple of other players. So I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. We're finding that replacement for Uribe. And I think in that midfield, if we have a Grujic, Eustachio, Alan Varela, and a Nico Gonzalez midfield... Dude, I'd be really, really happy with that. That is a midfield with depth and options. And we don't have to have Alan Varela or Stakiu playing 45 games or 50 games in all competitions. You know, we can give these guys breaks and then we have options in certain certain circumstances in the games. If we we need to defend, preserve, you know, we have Grujic or Nico Gonzalez or whatever, you know. I love that. So think I think if we can get a couple of these guys in the midfield and then maybe a left back and potentially a center back, I think we'll be all right. I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna have a really good team next year. All right. Let's move on to the best part of the show, the Twitter questions. We got quite a few of them, Jason. Let's get to it. John Heining at John Heining. A few months ago, a few months ago, y'all talked about doing a longer discussion of FFP and Porto's finances in general. Would love to learn more about this. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, this is, um, you know, I've, I've tried to get, I'm going to have to like reach out to some people to see if I can get some understanding and some some finance records and whatnot, because it's so hard to find it with, with Porto with Porto's finances and how they exactly they got into the FFP situation in terms of numbers. So how about this? We commit to the next episode being about FIFA fair play and it'll be an introduction to what it is and then whatever we can find out on Porto and that'll open discussions and maybe we can find out more and we'll follow, do a follow-up episode. So it can be a two-part episode. All right. Let's commit to it right now. This way we don't let it go any longer and hear what they want to hear. I am going to be on my nerd status. I'm going to be doing research next yeah. week. We're going to we're going to get as much information as we can and then we'll do that follow-up episode. Um yeah. I know we had another guest that asked about it. This was like about a year ago. So we'll definitely give him a shout out too. So thanks for your question, John. We're we're going to work right on it. Brian Pereira at B Pereira underscore 1022. Do you think it's tougher for Porto to scout in South America? I feel like before we would sign so many gems from there and turn a profit. So many going to the MLS or getting stuck in the Chelsea style loan system. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think so because they're going to the MLS and even, you know, look at Julian Alvarez from Manchester city just went straight there. And I think there was, Carlos Alcaraz, he went to West Ham or Aston Villa. We were linked to him, and he just went straight to the EPL. And then we see these guys going into the MLS. 
Yeah, it's getting a little bit difficult, but we're still kind of holding our own. I think if we get Alan Varela, we're making that statement signing. What do you think, Jason? No, I don't. The only thing I think has changed is that the competition has become fierce because of technology. So I think that's kind of killed our edge a little bit, but I think we're still doing just fine with the South American. I think we, we still stick to our Brazilians, right? They speak Portuguese. It's an easy transition transition for those guys. And then we, we still get our fair share of Colombians because we invested in a school down there. And I guess here and there, we still get Argentines. It's just where I don't think we get as much as like a Benfica would, but I think we still do fine in South America. I don't think anything's impeding what we did in the past. Maybe the players have become a little bit more expensive. I would say that. I don't know if that's due to inflation or maybe the players have more exposure now and they they have a proven track record. Those could all be key factors. But I I think we're still doing fine in the South American department, to say the least. Yeah, very well said. Next question comes from Jack Hacken, Feyenoord, and Casapia Enjoyer at Companator. Jack, what are you doing with this name? You got to put, you got to add some Porto in there, man. You have a question every single week for us. You got to, you got to give us a little bit more love, man. <laughs> what is your, what are your opinions on the newly promoted teams this season? Since we will be playing all of them in the first five league games of the season, so the three uh, promoted teams are Mureirense, Ferenc, and Estrela de Amadora. Uh, I don't know, the uh, last few years, and I think Jack has asked us a question in the past before on a previous episode about, like, every year there's always that one, maybe two newly promoted sides that just finish in the top 10. They make noise and whatever. I'm not sure exactly if we're going to be seeing that again this year, but who who knows? I feel, I don't know, I, I don't know uh, about you, Jason. I feel like outside of that top seven you know, all those teams below top six, top seven, it's always an open, it's open game for all these, all these teams. What do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, if you just look at last season, like we, we dropped some crucial points with yep. some uh, low ranked teams. So for us to, to compete for the league, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, I guess, refine what we're doing and minimize errors against those teams. We got to understand that those teams are going to come in and they're going to pack it in against us and try to get that early goal so they can just stay tight. And if we, we're not able to get the early goal, we're going to need to find a way to break through. It's I know it's just a general statement, but we just can't afford to drop teams, uh, points against these teams. And last season, we, we managed to. So you yeah. you got to respect these clubs. They have a lot to fight for. At the same time, they have nothing to lose. So when they play the big clubs, they're hoping to impress and uh, maybe grab some points. And, I mean, tell their, their grandchildren, their children, of stories of beating the big dogs in Portugal or snabbing some points from them. So you got to be wary of these teams. Yeah, 100%. There are no push over sides in Portugal. They're all capable of upsetting the Giants. So then that's what makes the league so interesting. It's when you start seeing these clubs that you never expect finishing higher than you would ever think. So we've seen it quite a bit in the last four or five years. Alex, at L-L-E-W underscore Alex, what do you think about Nico Gonzalez or Andre Santos possibly joining on loan this summer? I'm loving Nico Gonzalez. I think that Andre Santos has been a little, all that buzz has kind of died off a bit, but Nico Gonzalez is still on our radar. They're 
reports saying that they're still pushing and hoping to make this deal go through despite Alan Varela being the main target and playing that same position. I wouldn't mind seeing a, a loan with an option to buy here. If we can get a fair price for him and he performs, let's take him. I, I like him a lot. He's a big body. He's physical and he's got pretty decent ball skills. So I think that would be a, a really in, a really great um, acquisition and a great role player for us. What do you think, Jason? So I don't know too much about these guys. Um, so this is going to be your input. I will uh, wait and see. And I mean, Nico Gonzalez came up through the Barcelona Youth Academy. Yep. From my understanding. Yeah. So, I mean, that can never be a terrible pickup because <laughs> yeah. he must have something to offer. Like their, their school's legit. Um, whether you're a Barcelona fan or not, you have to give him credit where credit's due. So I wouldn't mind seeing him in the realm, but I, I absolutely know nothing about Andres Santos. Yeah, uh, same here. I haven't seen him. I never really heard of him until we were linked to him. So I'm sure they're both great players, but the Nico Gonzalez deal, you know, the La Masia, the Barcelona Youth Academy, it kind of, you know, it becomes a little bit more appealing. But then again, Chelsea has a great youth academy as well. So I would take either of them if they could help the team and be a, a player that would be great for us for the long run. Definitely. So Artur Georges Bigov at Viva underscore La underscore Viva. Thoughts on the Fran Navarro signing? I asked my dad as he watches more Liga games than I do, and he said, Non gosto de espanhols na minha equipa. LOL. Got any more insight than my dad? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't care where they're from. Um, I, I know I cracked a joke earlier this season. I forgot what game it was, and I think it was Marcano and who's the hell? Oh, and Tony Martinez. They scored, you know, both goals of a game that we played, uh, that we won. And you know, I don't know if it was two to one or two nothing or whatever it was. And I, you know, we were being carried by the Spanish, is what I was tweeting. I got some, you know, hate back on that, but. For me, I don't care where they're from as long as they can play and they just bleed, you know, blue and white like Tony Martinez, like Ivan Marcano have, you know, it's all good for me. The guy's an assassin, Fran Navarro. Love him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. He's he's a natural bone striker. He He's something we need. And I'm excited to see him in the blue and white jersey. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think he's going to be great for us. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see how well he does. Next question comes from our friend Manuel Pinto at Eruido Terra. There are some rumors of Otavio joining Al Nassar. I don't think this will happen, but what do you think? We kind of touched up on this, Jason. What do you what do you got to say? I mean, if the money comes knocking, he'll go. And that's all I have to say about it. And I mean, Saudi Arabia looks like they're dishing out a ton of money, so we'll see. And uh, they missed out on uh, the championship last year, so we'll see if they want to go for it this season. But the competition is getting steeper and steeper in that league, so they, they may have to spend some more big money. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does go there. But I don't know if he is. Yeah. I can't say he definitely is for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah, anywhere from 40 to 60 million is, you know, it's good business. Yeah. It's hard to pass up. So we'll see what happens. I hope Otavio stays, but sometimes you can't just pass up a great offer like that. 
Miguel Zada at Migas underscore FCP. What do you think of the possibility of Andre Santos joining Porto on loan? Do you see him working out or another failed move like Philippe Anderson and Malang Sar? Well, you know, th- th- these questions were asked uh, about a week ago, so the rumors died out. Um, if he joins and there's no strings attached, that's fine. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's a low risk, high reward. If whether it's Andre Santos or Nico Gonzalez, if we can get a loan and just an option to buy with a good with a good price tag, hey, I think that's good business. It, there, it doesn't hurt to try and make that investment. And if it works out, it's great. If it doesn't, it is what it is. It won't hurt us in the long run. What say you? Yeah, I mean, anyone that's willing to come here and uh, give it their all and make an impact on the team, I mean, I'm all for it. Like you said, I don't, I don't care what club they come from, what their background is. If they're coming here and they give their all to the club, that's all we can ask for at the end of the day. Yep. Matt's at Matt's Attack Nine. What are what are the best? What are the best three to five home games to go to next season? If Deremi doesn't go to Man United, is there any possibility we can get him to stay? What do you think, Jason? What are the best home games for next season? I mean, it's always been Fikin, Sporting, and Braga. Those three, of course. I mean, I would probably. <sighs> well, could we add in there? I, I guess Gimenez wouldn't be a bad one. Yeah, the Derby yeah. da Invita, yeah. Yeah. Vista, you yeah. know, that's always a yeah. good one. That's probably number five for me. Those yeah, are gonna be your top five that you want to yeah. aim for. Yeah, those are yeah. those are the ones for me as well. Yeah. I think uh, those are the obvious, the bigger clubs. Um, so. I mean, you could add in a wild card, a Champions League home game, because <laughs> I mean that must be a great atmosphere. Yeah. I've not been able to attend one of those, but that that's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a home game in the Champions League is always it, and then a home game against any of those uh, four or five clubs, I think, uh, is always a good one to watch um is there a possibility that we can get teremi to stay i think so but it just doesn't really make sense uh if we do because we just have 18 strikers and like three center backs so it doesn't really make sense so um (laughs) so i don't know jason is there a possibility (laughs) i don't don't think so i don't think it's in the cards yeah i don't think so either Next question comes from ACM87 at FCP87. Now that I remember, ACM87 was the first person to ask us about an FFP um, FFP uh, episode, so we'll definitely give him a shout-out uh, when we do it. He asks, what are the odds of Alex Stelz coming back and any word on any of the upcoming tune-up matches, friendlies, or the presentation match? So... I don't know. Uh, as much as I lo- would love Alex Stelish to come back, I don't. It, there's always that possibility because he's so attached to Porto and he made his money at Manchester United. So maybe he'll come back. But Saudi Arabia has been knocking on the door and they seem to win every bidding war <laughs> there is out there. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, realistically, he's not coming back. If we see him, it'll be in two years from now after a two years stint in Saudi Arabia. He got paid. He didn't really. He had his experience. He's done with the country, and he's ready to to, to sunset the last two to to four years, whatever he's got left to give. I think he'd come back to Porto to finish off his career. 
Yep. And as for the upcoming friendlies, we have a friendly against Portimonense on Wednesday. We have a friendly against Cardiff City on Saturday, the 22nd. And then we play against Wolves on the 25th next Tuesday, right before the the Supertaça Candido de Oliveira final against Benfica on August 8th. So let's see what happens there. Hope Hopefully uh, Alan Varela can get a couple of reps if he signs with us, which I hope and I think he will. And if there's anyone else that joins the club before, then we would definitely want to see them get some minutes and that'd be very important before a game against Benfica. Carlos at Carlos underscore A1381. What are your thoughts on another slow transfer window? News claims we need to sell, but we haven't sold anyone yet. How much truth is there for our need to sell? Hmm. What do you think? Uh, I don't think there's much truth in that we need to sell, but it'd be good business if we did sell anyone on their last year of the contract to get the most we can firm. Unless you want to let them walk for free, and then that is bad business that in turn we've done in the past, and it doesn't leave the club in the best financial standing. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, as for a slow transfer window, when these questions were asked, it was it was pretty slow. But last Friday, all these waves just kept coming with all the rumors and whatever. So I think it's been a little bit slow, but I think we're going to start knocking out some signings real, real soon. I think this week we're going to sign one or two players, in my opinion. So hopefully it all happens. You know, we're just a few pieces away from building a very, very good squad that can win the league title. We already do have one, but there are just a couple of pieces that we need. So hang in there. We're almost there. Good question, Carlos. Miguel Gonçalves, the last question, at Miguel G7015703. Who are some players that you would like Porto to sign, and where are areas that Porto need to strengthen to push for a title? So we definitely got a few players that we we checked off earlier in the episode and we kind of spatball the positions that we definitely need. We touched up on center midfields. We set, we touched up on left backs. Is there anywhere else that you want to see another signing Jason to push for the title? Just uh, we need to, we need outside backs that can play ball man and defend. It's that simple. Yeah. We need a good back line. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe another center back to, uh, because Marcano and Pep aren't getting any younger, and then David Carmo is still a question mark, and then Fabio Cardozo is—is is he really the guy that can really pick up the slack for an entire season? Well, you, know, you kind of want to get another option. I think we need to either go all in on Carmo, or you need to sell him. You just can't be standing. You can't be standing still with that guy. So I this, think, this is I think the make or break season for him. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see him this year. Yep. I think uh, I think I this is the year, and sometimes we need to be patient with these young players. We know what – all of Portugal knows how good he can be. He has potential. Just give him some time. He has to adjust, and not everyone moves and, and blossoms at the same pace. So let's give him some time. But um, I think more so left back than right back. I agree that we need fullbacks that can do both defend and attack, but – I, I, I was liking what I was seeing from João Mario uh, in 2023 until he got hurt. Yep. So more so definitely a left back more than anything. And then a right back would be great as well. So 
let's see uh let's see what happens there i hope we can get a really good left back because if we see wendell and zaidu next season it's it's like three straight years of this shit like that we can't we cannot <laughs> we we somehow won a title and one of them scored the game-winning goal against benfica at a stadio lose it's like we got pretty damn lucky to 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 get where we got uh when that happened so we definitely yeah. need to revamp that position more so than anything else so i don't know jason that's pretty much it for for this episode do you have any last questions before i wrap things up or any last words i'm sorry no uh we've committed to fifa fair play and uh porto situation so let's get to some research and let's get preps for next podcast yeah definitely the ffp podcast we're out of ffp which is awesome i like that we're 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 hanging tough we're not budging we're not we're not caving in to all these cheap offers for the very good players porto are standing their ground and they're demanding their price tag for these players so love to see it we've definitely learned from our mistakes it's good to see that we're finding the light at the end of the tunnel in the ffp situation and i think we're going to be building ourselves a really good team for next year i'm really excited for it so let's see how this week plays out hopefully we have a couple of players in the bag um and they'll be ready to play in these warm-up games before benfica and the super tasa but until then we will be back next week uh to touch up on the latest news and on ffp so thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the porto podcast in english Follow us on Twitter at FC Portupod ENG, on Instagram, Portupod ENG, on Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And if you like the show, hit the five stars. Leave a review, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. It really helps us grow. And we will see you on the next episode.